The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How are you feeling today? Are you feeling alive and energetic? or lethargic and weak. Listen to your heart. Welcome to the Healing Whisper, a return to peace. Your host for the hour is Dr. Marianne Chase. When we fail to understand and work on the root cause of our stress and illness, we seem to be in a never-ending spiral of poor health and low energy. It's time to re-harness that potential in order to live a better life. Now here's Dr. Marianne. Welcome to the show. This is... Dr. Marianne Chase, and I am so glad that you can join me today. Today I have a very special guest, but before I introduce her, I'd like you to know that you can find me on my website, thehealingwhisper.com. You can catch me on Facebook on my page, The Healing Whisper, as well as Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, And uh, on YouTube, I have several playlists of things that I enjoy, as well as a single video of myself teaching you all how to do the healing codes. Now, for this wonderful disclaimer that this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not intended to treat, diagnose, heal, or cure anything. Everything contained in this show is the opinion of myself, Dr. Marianne Chase, and today my guest, Betsy Otter Thompson. Always check with a licensed health care provider about any concerns that you may have. Well, let's get right to this. Betsy Thompson. She is a Philadelphia native with a BFA from the University of Pennsylvania. Betsy worked as an account executive for several Philadelphia radio stations and as a commercial print model, appearing in television commercials in Philadelphia and New York. Betsy did move to California and struggled and nearly became homeless. And uh, I'll let her tell you the rest of that story. But let's just suffice it to say that for Betsy worked as an executive assistant to the entertainment executive in the film industry. Retired in 2005 and is now writing full time. Today, we're going to be speaking with Betsy about her newest book, Love Human. And welcome, Betsy. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here, Marianne. Thank you for inviting me. Well, before we get into your book, tell us how you got to this point in life to write this particular book. Well, I, um, I realized when I was very young, around four years old, uh, that I had an ability to communicate with spirit, and I'm not saying that 
lots of other people don't have the same ability, and probably all children have the same ability and don't realize they have it. But it happened to me through my great-grandmother, someone that my mother had loved dearly and told me that I looked very much like, and so I thought it would be fun to talk to her and see if I was like her in other ways. And so I had this communication for a couple of weeks and was loving it and enjoying it, and I thought everybody did this like any four-year-old would think so. (laughs) And so I went to my older sister, and I told her who I was talking to, and I asked her who she talked to, and she went ballistic. (laughs) She just teased me unmercifully about it for weeks and weeks, and so I decided, well, if this was her reaction, then what would, uh, how would other people react if she told them? And so I stopped the connection. And it wasn't until years later um, that I was in California, uh, and uh, my life had not gone well. Uh, I had been through two divorces and a um, uh, terrible relationship with my mother, and uh, things just seemed to get worse and worse, and I almost became homeless from blaming everybody else for everything that ever happened to me. And um, I decided that um, I would honor this gift again since life hadn't gone too well from not honoring it. And um, I, I sat down in my living room one day and I said, well, really, it's my one-room roach-infested apartment in, in Burbank. <laughs> and I said, uh, I wanted to honor the gift. I wanted to uh, share what I heard with others, um, but I sure needed a job to support me while I did it. And three weeks later, I had the job in the entertainment business that I had for the next 18 years and supported me so well that I could retire after 18 years and write full-time. And so that's basically how I got to um, writing the books. I, I decided to become my authentic self and let the chips fall where they may. And I think that when anybody does that, uh, since we come here for a reason, when we honor that reason, then the universe rushes in with all the support that we need And the support has continued. Well, wonderful. And I must say, I personally am glad that you found that path because I have enjoyed this book a great deal. I must say to the audience, the book is called Love Human. And it is such a robust book that I have to go back again and again to read each chapter, and it's not because it's complicated. It's just so that I can absorb the information a little bit better. Yes, I, I went through the book once just to to really get a feel for it, and then I went back to read the chapters in detail. And I must say, it is robust, or I should say, I must repeat that it is robust. Betsy, tell us a little bit about the book in general. Well, it's about um, com- you know finding comfort in a world where uncomfortable fa- things happen. It's about seeing the big picture of where we come from and where we are going so that our perspective improves regarding the present journey and what it's all about. And it's also about embracing the world as it is and the people around us as they are and loving whatever that is, not because we live in a perfect world, which we certainly do not, but because as we love and accept life as it is, love and acceptance grow. And I'm sure that that's the goal of most people, even if they, even if they have a different definition of love than we do. Well, and... Um... Really, I I personally believe that all of us 
are on this journey to find love, joy, and peace. And if you're not living in that love, then it's very difficult to find joy and peace. Yeah, you have to find what is good about your life. You have to focus on what is good about your life. You have to look for the growth from what you have lived because the soul, I believe believe anyway that the soul... Uh, never has us in a place where we don't need to be for one reason or another. So if we are living something that seems to be difficult, then our soul believes that it's time for some kind of lesson to be learned from that experience. And as soon as you find how you grew or how you learned something you needed to know about yourself, then you can see the situation in a different perspective. Right. That That um, is a great revelation that where we are right now is where we have placed ourselves. Is that really one way of saying it? Yes, it's where our soul knows we need to be. Because if you say anything other than that, what you're really saying is that your soul is a dummy. And that's impossible. The soul is all-knowing. It has the perspective of eternity. It knows exactly what we have lived before we are living, what we are living now. And it knows what we need in order to go, in order to go deeper within. Because I believe that's always the goal, deeper within. So it always has us living whatever we need to live or facing or dealing with whatever we need to deal with in order for to us to understand ourselves a little better, to know ourselves a little better. And as soon as we get, get it or as soon as we understand why we've been through something, then we move on to wherever else we need growth. It's, it's a constant, um, you know, life is constantly changing and that's the only thing that is constant change. And so don't fear change. It's always, it's usually very good. <laughs> it's a good thing when you're moving on. <laughs> yes, yes. So what you say that the way that we approach life, the message in your book is to take from feeling like a victim to feeling powerful, uh, to go from blame to accountability, from pain to seeing growth, from resentment to appreciative. And, and what I think people need to receive from that message is that they may be in pain right now, physical or emotional, but to learn the message from that pain, is, is that correct? I think it is. For instance, when I, I spent, um, you know, all my life really, my first half of my life blaming everybody else for all my problems, for all my divorces, for all the people that had hurt me, uh, I blamed my mother, I blamed everybody, and blaming got me almost homeless because I was continually thinking it was the problem of somebody else, not my problem. I wasn't, I didn't, I would never admit it was my problem, it was somebody else causing me a problem. And when I finally said, um, I'm the one who put out the emotions, I'm the one who gave those emotions to others that I got back. It's like you have to, the idea that really changed my life was that the universe thinks everything is love. Uh, therefore, whatever we express out into the universe, the universe says, well, that's Betsy's expression of love. So if I was cruel to somebody else, the universe would say, oh, well, Betsy's interpretation of love is cruelty, so let's give her a lot more of that back. Because the universe doesn't judge good, bad, wrong, and right. It just, it just receives your emotion, believes that your interpretation of love, and gives it back to you. So as soon as I realized how powerful an idea that was, 
and that whatever I was putting out there towards other people, I was inviting back into my life, I suddenly had control over my life because I had control over what I decided to give to others. And so that's why it's getting it, that's how you get out of the victim mentality by realizing that you aren't a victim of anything except yourself. Uh, you, you are, you are a victim of someone who says, I am a victim and I have no power to create differently. But as soon as you know you have that power, then you can use it and to create what you do want emotionally. Now, I'm not saying that things don't happen in your life that you have no control over. I'm saying that you have control over how you view what happens and how you deal with what happens and how you deal with the people involved in what happens. So it's the response to a situation, not necessarily the reaction to a situation it's how you deal with it you know you know that the same thing could happen to two different people and they would react completely differently to it because it is individually it's up to each of us individually how we react to what happens once i took responsibility for the things i had created in my life to go through you know and realized that i was the one who made those choices i was the one who chose those men to marry i was the one who chose uh, the feelings I was going to feel towards my mother, I was the one who was doing all that, then I knew that I had control to do it differently. But until you acknowledge the fact that you are the one in control, you will always be at the victim of other people and what they were doing, or you will always feel that you are a victim. All right. Well, Betsy, it is time for a break. So when we come back from the break, we'll talk more about this victim versus not being a victim. Folks, don't go away. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom Healing Code Coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Marianne is ready to be that friend. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com and click Coaching. Running is one of the fastest growing sports, with everyday people stepping it up and training for that next big race goal. The In-Flight Running Show with Coach Michael Merlino is your guide to running, whether you're just getting started or training for the Boston Marathon. By paying attention to and following the tips offered by Michael and his guests, you'll be able to take your running to new heights and reach your next finish line with confidence. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? 
Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, a return to peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the show and thanks for sticking with us. Today I am speaking with my special guest, Betsy Thompson about her book, Love Human. And just before the break, we were talking about that sense of being a victim versus this being a experience in life. So, Betsy, let's let's continue down this particular pathway of changing that perception of being a victim. Well, we talked about before the idea that the soul is all-knowing, and, and uh, it, it, I, I like to liken it to um, the fact that when we have everything we need in our life, what that really means is that, for instance, when, when you plan a vacation, you decide where you're going to go, when you're going to go, what you're going to do on that vacation. You take with, it, with you whatever you need on that vacation, and you leave when you plan to come back home. So... Why would the soul be any less wise in terms of this journey? It knows exactly when we need to come here. It knows exactly what we need to go through while we're here. It knows the lessons we need to learn. And it knows when we need to leave. And so when I think of my own life, I sometimes think to myself that when I got to that point where I finally acknowledged the gift, if I had gone much longer without acknowledging the gift, my soul probably would have taken me out of the game because... If I don't acknowledge the purpose I'm here, the reason I came here, why would I want to stay? I mean, why would I stay if it was beyond the time when I was, when I was refusing to accept the gift that I was given? I'm sure my soul would say, well, we'll just get out of this game and then we'll come back again with another, with a challenge that's a little more effective. That's all. And so I think that we have to honor the soul as being wise and never wasting our time in any in any day that we're here, if it doesn't know that there's growth in that day. And so what you're what you're saying here is that we need to know our purpose in order to live an effective and loving life. Is, is that correct? Yes, and our purpose is to love however we want to express that love. Uh, I mean, everyone has their own definition of love because everybody has their own journey they're on. Everyone has their own challenges, and everyone has had a past experience, I believe, before they got here, and we don't know anything about that past journey. So that's why the, the idea of judgment comes up in the book and for us to take a good look at what we're judging because it's really, you know, why would the universe judge a belief as good, bad, wrong, or right if all of all of those choices are known as the needed growth in the people who have them. And I remind myself of this over and over again because it's so easy to get caught up in the judgment on this earth today. I have to remind myself over and over that people have their own journeys. Uh, their journeys won't affect my journey unless there is something I need to learn about it, about myself from experiencing their journey. And I believe that's true of everyone, that those who have a certain 
particular slant on life are with other people who have the same slant. And that's, I think that is the way that the universe is balanced. I, I mean, the universe shows us, the cosmos shows us how everything has to be in balance to survive. And if the universe got out of balance, it would turn into chaos and it would no longer be. And so everything within the universe is balanced too. And when you're, when that balance to me, it means emotional balance. So those with similar emotions are together to help each other grow. And those, and it doesn't matter what emotions those are, with their negative or positive. For instance, when I had a negative attitude the first half of my life, I was a lot of, I was with a lot of other people with a negative attitude <laughs> who weren't taking responsibility for their lives. When I took responsibility for my lives and became more positive, then my the people in my life were the same. So that is how the universe keeps us ever aware of where we are in our progress. So those people that are around us say somebody is really irritating us. You say they are a mirror of us. Yes. How does that work? Well, they show us, well, we have an aura, and in our aura comes everything uh, that we have given out to other people. So if we feel irritated by a person, it isn't about trying to change the person who is irritating us. It is about asking ourselves, how do I feel from being irritated? For instance, when somebody was being very patronizing to me, I was... I was getting angrier and angrier, and I said, wait a minute, I've got to put my money where my mouth is in this situation and, and live what I keep teaching other people. And I said, okay, so how do I feel from being patronized? Well, I feel that I'm, I'm being uh, deva- undervalued. I feel like I'm being uh, uh, patronized, talking to like I'm a child. And so how have I been doing that to somebody else? How have I been uh, that way with someone else? And as soon as I asked myself that question, I realized who it was, the person I was trying to, I was telling, she was in a bad bad time of her life, and I was telling her what she should be doing with her life, as if I knew. I mean, I don't know. I was acting as if I did know. I was acting as if I was the person who was to guide her and tell her what her life should be. So as soon as I realized that, then I could stop behaving the way I was behaving. That put me in a position of power, the admission that I said to myself, I have given this emotion, that's why I am receiving it. It put me in a position of power of behaving differently. And when I did behave differently, I'm not saying the person who was patronizing to me changed or was different. She, she, she continued to be the person she was, but it didn't bother me anymore. It was as if the words came toward me and then bounced off my aura because they weren't compatible with me anymore. I see. And so if there is a person or even a situation in your life, say, um, let's say you've gotten ill Does that act as a mirror? I think it does. I think the body is a reflection of the mind, and whatever the mind is doing, the body is reflecting. The body is such a great gift to us. I don't think we realize. I have to remind myself over and over again of what a great gift my body is to me because it tells me everything I need to know about what's going on in my mind. And so if we have a dis-ease in the body, it is reflecting a dis-ease in the mind. And if we heal the mind, the body follows because the body is just reflective energy, just like everything else in matter, it's reflective energy. It's, it's just telling us, reflecting back to us, exactly what we are expressing out. Okay. That, uh, that can be difficult because when you have a disease, looking in to your mind to say, okay, what is my thought process that caused this disease. Let's just say one of the more common problems is cancer. Okay. How do well, people I'm going to share an experience I had with that. 
Um, I came back from California, and I was all of a sudden confronted with my family again. And um, all the old resentments that I had felt started to come up again. And I festered and festered and, uh, for about three months with reliving all this, this uh, anger and resentment again. And I developed a lump in my back. Uh, I called the doctor. She said, come in this afternoon because I have a lot of cancer in my family. And um, she examined me. She said, yes, there's a lump. So I want you to go in for an MRI tomorrow morning. So I said, okay. So then I came home that night, and I sat down to meditate. And I said to myself, okay, what is this all about? Well, the first thing I did was I looked at Louise Hay's book and to see what lumps were all about, and they're all about resentment and grudges. And, of course, when I read that, I realized immediately what this was about. It was about the fact that I was going through all this angst all over again. And so I, in the meditation, I asked myself, well, how do I turn this into something positive instead of something negative? And so I went over uh, these the, the feelings I had about my family, and I realized like a light bulb going off in my head, that their reaction to me at the time that I had gone to California, their reaction at my decision was really the motivation I needed to get me to California because California is where all the growth happened for me, the growth spurt, the turnaround. Everything happened in California because I got very involved in A Course in Miracles and all of a sudden I saw life differently. And so they were the motivation I needed. And so as I started to thank them in my meditation for being there for me at this time, to being the motivation I needed to get me going where I needed to go, this incredible feeling of like a stream of creamy light came all the way up through my body. It was the most amazing feeling, and when I talk about it, I always get goosebumps, which I have again. <laughs> and so I did go for the MRI, and the doctor called me in the afternoon, and she said, well, it didn't come up on the MRI, but I want you to go in for more tests. And I said, well, I want to tell you what happened before I do, do that. So I told her what had happened, and she said, well, come in this afternoon, let me take a look. And when I went in, of course, the growth was gone. So this is what I mean. It's as if the body said to me, oh, she gets it. She gets it. So there's no reason for the lump to be there. And so the, so the lump was gone. And, and so what, what is helpful for people if they are struggling with a disease or a condition uh, to, to look at some of the sources Yes, for those. What, have I, what do I have in my head that is, feels disease to me? Where is the disease? Where is the lack of love in my thoughts and in my mind that I am festering over? You know, where is the situation where I have been unable to love? I've been unable to be accepting. I've been unable uh, to, be, to be grateful. I've been unable to be um, uh, uh, entertained or amused, or even, even that. I mean, where is the festering the festering cancer in your mind that is reflecting back in your body. Right, okay. That, that is a wonderful revelation. I, I want to backtrack a little bit to, to the first part of the show where you had mentioned a person's definition of love. If they put out cruelty, that, that the universe, God, the source, whatever you want to call that, will say, okay, cruelty must be this person's definition of love. And I know this is a pretty extensive topic, and I only have one minute before the break. So if we can just get started, then we can go on the break. All you need to remember is that 
um, the universe does not judge what you are doing. Uh, the universe just reflects. And so there is no, in other words, you, you can't make a justification and say, well, they deserve to be treated badly because they treated me badly. There, there is no justification with the universe. It's not like a, a uh, it, it's just a reflective thing. It's a reflective. It reflects back. So the justification, uh, if you're always justifying everything, the only thing that's going to create for you is a lot of people coming into your life who justify everything they do. Okay. It's the well. emotion that you put out. Uh, the cruelty, the patronization, the 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 uh, whatever it is that you're putting out there is what you're saying to the universe. This is what I express as my. This is what my expression of life is. And then the universe, assuming that it's what you want back, returns it. Okay. Well, let's get into that in a little more depth when we come back from the break. Don't go away, folks. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom Healing Code Coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Marianne is ready to be that friend. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com and click Coaching. Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, a return to peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the show. This is Dr. Marianne Chase. And I'd like to mention again that you can find me on Facebook, the Healing Whisper page, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and my website, thehealingwhisper.com. Today we are speaking with Betsy Thompson about her book, Love Human. It's an absolutely wonderful book and very robust. Just before the 
break, we were speaking about the definition of love and how the universe doesn't, if we put out cruelty, the universe doesn't define that as cruelty. It defines it, well, it must be Marianne's definition of love. So that's a kind of a difficult thing to wrap our heads around. And Betsy, can you kind of flesh that out a little bit more <laughs> well um you know if you if you um if you take an animal for instance uh, and and you and you are cruel to the animal um the animal um it, it doesn't it doesn't say um well uh you know i've been i've been treated badly so i'm going to treat somebody else badly um it doesn't it doesn't behave that way it just tries to protect itself uh and uh, you know, animals are just going on their instincts, and so you have to ask yourself what it is you you want, you want to get back from what you give. In other words, if you if you want to have a lot of of um, of judgment in your life, um, all you have to do is judge a lot of people. If you don't want a lot of judgment in your life, you need to get out of your judgment of other people because whatever you give, you invite to get back. And we were talking briefly about the 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 um, the, the kind of. Um, uh, legal system we have now and how uh, we, we judge people who do things that we consider bad and then we punish them. Um, but here's the thing. I mean, whether you're looking for, uh, you, can't, you can't solve the problems of the world and you can't change the world yourself, but you can change the world around you. And if you have the idea that punishment is fine, really all that happens is that you create more punishment. If you have the attitude that love is the way we need to treat uh, uh, people who are off track a little bit, then then love creates more love. Because whatever you wherever you put your attention is what you're inviting to expand in your life. Because that's that's how it that's how it works. The atom splits from whatever attention and focus it has. So if you're if you're focused on uh, uh, judging people who have a different philosophy, judging people who have who who have become victims, judging judging war, judging abortion, judging aging, judging sickness, judging handicaps. It just means that you're spreading judgment into the world. If that's not the kind of world you want around you, um, then I would suggest you look at it from a different perspective and realize that everyone here is on a path of wisdom for their own soul, and we do not know what that wisdom is, or we don't even need to know what it needs to be. We need to focus on what our lives are about and whether we're living a wise life for ourselves, because that's where change begins. You don't have a peaceful world. You don't have uh, a, a grateful world. You don't have an appreciative world unless you're living those qualities yourself. You have to be the person you hope others will be. There is no other solution. And if you think there's another solution, you need to look at history to find out there is no other There has never been <laughs> another solution. There's been war since the time beginning of time. And the only way you change it is by changing your own world, the world around you. Right. And, and so when we as people that live in this world see something that has happened uh, and and something that it is, at, shall I say, a little closer to me is I live here in the Denver, Colorado area where, uh, oh gosh, it's been at a little over a year ago, there was an individual who decided to shoot a lot of people in a theater. And he, he is in trial right now for that shooting. And my response to that 
should not be that of judging him or his actions. It should be that of sending him love. Is that what you're saying? What I'm saying is that you, we have to, if we want to trust that our own lives are where they need to be, we have to trust that other lives are where they need to be. That, everything that happens, you know, the soul does not have you where you do not need to be, which means that for some reason the souls who were involved in that issue on both sides were where they needed to be, because if the soul, if it was not right for that person, they would not have been there that day. They would have been somewhere else. Something else would have interceded. Uh, you've heard about people who've gotten off planes that have crashed, and just at the last minute, something keeps them from going on the plane. It's just it's because they aren't, their soul knows they aren't ready to leave yet. I because see. To, to, think anything other, to, to think anything other than that is to believe in a universe that's completely chaotic and there's no rhyme or reason to anything, uh, and it's just potluck what happens, and uh, there's no control over anything, and it's not true. I mean, I don't believe it's true. I believe that, that we're all here for a reason. We didn't, we didn't just pop in here for no reason at all. We popped in here for a reason. We're here for a reason. We're here to grow. We're here to learn to love, to expand our hearts. And so, therefore, whatever happens to people, we have to trust that that's where they needed to be. Because otherwise, is you, is, as I said before, if you say otherwise, you're saying, well, the souls in those people will assure the dumbest, dumbest souls that ever existed. And that's not possible. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> it's not possible. So it, it, just, it just needs a little, we need to just shift our focus a little bit and have a little more trust. Because we, when we put that trust in other people, we give it to ourselves because we are all one whatever we are willing to give to others that we receive. And it doesn't mean that when those souls leave that we won't miss those souls for a time. And it it really doesn't mean that we have to judge the soul that, uh, shall we say, released the other souls from their bodies. I, I, you know what I believe? I believe that before we get here, we, pr- we pretty much plan what we think will be helpful for us to live. Um, and we come here to live it. It, it, it and, and we are, but we're the ones who determine how we're going to deal with it once we get here. Because how, you make choices about how you're going to perceive things all your life. If you perceive, uh, you know, that's what the chapter on love is all about. It's about if you want to find love, more love in your life, then you have to look for love where you didn't think it existed. That's where the more love is. Uh, you aren't going to find it where you already have love because you already have love there. So you have to look for it where you don't think it is. And th- this is a good way to practice. Um, by, looking, by, by making a list of all the things that you judge in your life and you think are horrible or awful or, or unkind or wrong and find something ab- about it that you can appreciate or um, or honor in a way. Like you can honor the people who came here to live this experience for whatever reason they came here to live. You hear about children who die young for one reason or another. Well, what about the possibility that they came here knowing they were going to have a short life, knowing that they had a gift to give in that short amount of time, and then they wanted to leave, and they did. And so it's about trusting that they had the journey they wanted to have, and after they lived it, they left so that they could come back again in another time and live another journey that would give them even more growth or would deliver the gift they came here to give. I mean, you you read sometimes about these children who have these incredible who make an incredible impression on other people for their bravery or their courage going through disease or something. And maybe that's exactly why they came here to do. They came here to do that. They came here to inspire the people they were going to find. And that is their gift. And so why would you, why would you worry about it or 
moan and groan about it when they have fulfilled themselves. Right. Uh, Betsy, this kind of brings me to the question of how do we find what our soul is trying to teach us? How do we reconnect, in other words, with our soul? How do we remember? I I, I don't know. We all have a different uh, uh, journey, and some people have a more obvious gift than others, or some people have a more vivid uh, path than others. But I think it's all about finding love. I can't imagine anyone out of body contemplating a journey here and planning all the ways they were going to be mean, they were going to be cruel, they were going to be hateful. I mean, who would come on a journey if that was, their, that was the journey they were going to live? You know, nobody <laughs> would opt for that journey. So we all come here hoping to expand the love in our, in our hearts, getting, you know, making our light shine brighter because that's what feels so good uh, to the energy we are. So that's, I believe, that's why we all come here. We're all searching for love. And if we feel that there's not enough love in our lives, then I have to go back to the idea I said before. Uh, you have to find it where you don't think it exists. Because if we see life as entertaining, we feel amused. If we see life as hateful, we feel angry. If we see life as helpful, we feel grateful. I mean, that's the way it works. It's, how, it's your perception of life that you're interpreting. How you're interpreting life is how you're going to feel about life. And so if we're all on a journey of love, it's looking inside to see where we feel love exists? Well, what, doing what you love doing, uh, being who you really are, being your authentic self, not hiding who you really are, uh, enjoying what you have, enjoying what comes along, seeing the good in what comes along. Um, I mean, every, every journey is, is so different, so you can't say to somebody, this is what you need to do, but, you, but, all, but all of our journeys are the same and that we have a heart that can love. And so if we use that heart to love, I think everything else falls into place. I mean, I can only say from my own journey, when I finally decided that I would be who I was and let the chips fall where they may, that everything in life turned around for me and everything became supportive instead of uh, unsupportive. Right. And here's one last difficult question before I move on. Uh, We're almost time for a break, and uh, we may need to cover this question after the break. But here it is. When a person has had such a difficult time in their life, and they feel like they don't know what love is or even how to find love, what would be your advice? And so, let's ask that question right after the break, and we'll cover it when we come back. Don't go away, folks. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom Healing Code Coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Marianne is ready to be that friend. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com and click Coaching. 
If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back, and thanks for sticking with me. My special guest today is Betsy Thompson. And just before the break, I asked a question that if a person has had such a rough life and they don't think they know what love is or even have love, what do they do? Well, they, they have to ask themselves, what is missing in my life that I, would like, that I want more of? What is, what is it that I don't have that I do have, that I, that I want to have? And I would recommend, I always recommend that people just sit down with a piece of paper and pencil and write things down so they don't forget them because if you don't write them down, then other thoughts come in to distract you, and then you can't remember what you were thinking about. So write down and, and, and tell yourself, what is missing in my life? What do I wish I had that I don't have? And then one by one, go out into the world and give to others what you think is missing in your life, because that's the way you get it back. Okay. So give it out, get it back. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. It might not be, you might not get it back from the people you gave it to, but you will get it back from someone who, is, who knows how to give it. Very good. Very good. And it's, it's a matter of asking, right? It's a matter of giving. Okay. But if but, you ask, you know, you say a prayer and you say, I, I, would, like to, um, I would like to understand more how to have the, life, the love in my life grow. Spirit will bring in all kinds of situations where you have the choice of either loving or not loving. And ah. that's, that's the answer to the prayer. Okay. All right. Let's just go down a real quick different path here, somewhat different. In your chapter on judgment, you made a statement that I just absolutely was thrilled to see, that illness is a memory lapse. Tell us about that. Well, it's, illness is the result of thinking that something is wrong, and then that wrongness reflecting back to us in our bodies. You know, something is wrong. You keep saying something is wrong out there. Something is wrong out there. The body gets the message that something is wrong, and therefore something goes wrong. And how does that work as a memory lapse? <laughs> well, it, it's a forgetting that everything is the way it needs to be. That, ah, life, okay. that, this is, that life is a gift that we are here uh, to love, that we are here to give, that we are here to forgive, that we are, to, that we are here to honor everyone's path. We are here 
to know that everything is a gift and that it's going to it's teaching us to love more. And we don't always accept that challenge. That's where the problem comes in. We forget that that's what we came here for. We, we forget that we gave ourselves that challenge on purpose, that we wanted to have that challenge because we were so sure before we got here that nothing in the, in the material world was powerful enough to keep us from loving. Okay. And then when we get here, we forget that. <laughs> we forget that that's why we're here, to have these challenges, to remember that love is the most, powerful, the most powerful thing that we can have in our life, and to give it is where all the love we want comes from, by giving it. Just simply give love. Yeah. Okay. See, treat the people in your life the way you want them to treat you. Whether they treat you that way or they don't is, is irrelevant because if they don't treat you the way you treat them, the people who do treat you that way come into your life. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, in your chapter on health, you say perfect health is possible if we stay in healthy thought. Yes. Talk yes. with us about the, the concept of ease versus dis-ease. Well, you only have to ask yourself, if you have a thought in your head about another person, you only have to ask yourself, is that a thought that I would feel comfortable knowing that that person had about me? Hmm. I had an experience where I was working with somebody who I, (laughs) this was a big lesson for me, Uh, (laughs) I thought, I couldn't imagine why this person was hired for the job. To me, she was incompetent, she didn't know what she was doing. She was, uh, she was bossy. She was, she was everything that I thought was wrong for the kind of job she had. And so I would go home at night and I would complain to her to myself, you know, oh, you know, why did she have this job? You know, it was all this negative stuff. And she reacted to that negativity. She never said anything to me, but she could feel what I was thinking. So I, I went home one night and I said, you know, I want to turn this around. I want to turn this around. Now, how do I do that? I have to find something that I like about this woman, something that's that, uh, about her that there's worthy of praise. And so I started doing my list of what there was to praise about this woman. Well, she did get things done. Um, she was organized. So I, I made a list of all the things about her that I liked that were, that were good about her. I never said a word to her. She never said a word to me. When I went back to the office after about a week of doing this, our attitude towards each other was completely different because she felt the love that was coming from me instead of the negativity that was coming from me, even though no words were spoken about it. She felt it. And if you can remember that that's what really runs this world, the feelings that you put out there, because they're the feelings you're inviting back, then you transform relationships just from doing that. You don't even have to say a word. It's about working on yourself versus yes. trying to fix other people. Yes. You don't, nobody needs to be fixed. <laughs> they, <laughs> they are who they need to be for this journey, and we just need to let it go and let them be and make sure that we are behaving the way we hope other people will behave. There is no other solution. Right. People have been trying to find another solution for eons, and there is no other solution because the world, your life creates from the inside out, not the outside in. Okay. Now, one last little subject I'd like to um, talk about is your chapter on prayer. And to me, this makes so much sense, what you say about prayer, being that what we pray for versus what we don't pray for. Or, or, yeah, go ahead. Well, we, well, yes, well, here's the thing. 
when we pray for others to change their minds or we pray for others to change their behavior or we pray for others to alter their loyalties, I don't think God has any comment. I don't think God responds to that kind of a prayer. Uh, I think that God responds to the kind of prayer where we ask where we can be more loving, more considerate, and more honest. Then I think, um, you know, it's not about other people being these things. It's about us being these things. Because uh, why, why would God pray for, why would God respond to a prayer for someone else to be different than they are when God believes that everybody is exactly who they need to be? So it's about, it's about praying for ourselves to, to find in ourselves the things that we wish other people would have. It's the old idea, again, about going back to being the person you want other people to be. Don't, don't tell other people how they should change and who they should be. They know who they should be. They know who they should be a lot better than we know who they should be. Is that saying that we should not pray for a person's healing or uh, recovery from an Maybe illness? Maybe it's more effective to pray that they find what they came here to found, find. That they learn what they came here to learn. Okay. Because right. we don't know what they came here to learn. So how can we put a judgment on what they should be doing that they aren't doing? Okay. Well, Betsy, we have come towards the end of the show. How can people connect with you and how can they find this book? Well, they can go to my website at BetsyThompson.com and I have all my books there. And if they have any questions, they can contact me from my website, too. And um, uh, I have other books. And uh, I have, uh, um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on um, Google+. And um, if you wanted to connect with me on any of those, write me a little note first so that I know that you heard me on the show. Okay. And you can message me through my um, Facebook page. All right. Well, that, that's great. And uh, I must say, t- tell us a little bit about your other books. What, what do you have out there? Well, I have a, a book called uh, uh, The Mirror Theory, which is all about action, reaction, emotion. Uh, I have a, a story called Walking Through Illusion, which is about um, a journey uh, someone had and the people that he found and talked to. I have a book called The What Happens If I Book, How to Make Action Reaction Work for You Instead of Against You. I have a book called Love Parent, which is um, for anyone who's been a child. (laughs) That's what I like to put it, because it's not just for parents. It's for anyone who's been a child. And um, I'm working on a book called uh, You Are What You Think, Make Your Thoughts Delicious. Okay, wonderful. Well, folks... Way too soon, it has come time for the end of the show. And I would like to close with a statement that was made 4,000, at least 4,000 years ago, from the wise King Solomon, that above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And so until next week, blessings. Thank you again for taking the advice of your heart and tuning in to The Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. Please join your host, Dr. Marianne Chase, again next Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We hope to talk to you again next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 